Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We had so much fun recording the episode, um, but it couldn't have been done without the help of our sponsor, Karen Simchas and Vikalis. We're going to take a minute to hear a little bit more about them. The following episode of Go Simcha the Podcast is proudly sponsored by Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala. Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, Please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of Go Simple, the podcast. Can I know her? We are up to 13 episodes of this amazing podcast. And this week's episode is a very special episode. I know I say that every single time. This week's episode is actually very, very special because we have a guest on this show who actually helped me spawn the idea for this podcast, helped me, helped me get this podcast going. Um, it was because of him after we sat down and did an interview in his studio about two, maybe over over a year or two ago, that it really gave me the idea to turn this into a podcast and turn this into a series. So with without further ado, I, I welcome our guest for episode 13, the infamous Nisim Black. Nisim, welcome to Go Simple the podcast. It's a schluss to have you on the show, an honor and a pleasure. And I think our listeners are excited about this one too. Welcome aboard. It's amazing. It's my schluss, my yeah, welcome aboard. So, so Nisim, last time we last time we sat down and schmoozed, um, I came down to your studio in in Yerushalayim, Little Box Records, with you and Yisrael and Yosef, and we were talking about your album Fly Away. Um, it happened to be that was yeah. I, I listened to that so I listened to that album a number of times before and after we sat down and met because I just really liked the song. I really got into the song. The video was awesome. And it was just, it just, it was a very uplifting song. It was very uplifting, like melody. But my question is, how did you get into all this stuff? Like, I've noticed like your sound has changed over like the the course of your time that you've been in the Jewish music world. Your sound has 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 constantly changed. So I mean, I was listening to one yeah. of your earlier songs um, yesterday, and then I was listening to some of your newer stuff, and it's definitely it's definitely changed over the years. So how did you, first of all, how did you get into, like, music, and then how did you end up, like, what made you want to, cha- like, constantly change in your sound? Um, very good question. So uh, one part of the story, I don't know if it's usually publicized or not, is, is that uh, my mother and my father were both rappers. Right. And um, in addition, they started in the 1980s, very early 1981, I think, when uh, they, by 82 for sure, now they cut their first record. Wow. My father was a part of the Street Boys, and which was amazing for me. Even years later, I got to go to the you know Jimi Hendrix Museum. Jimi Hendrix was also from Seattle, and I got to see like nails of my parents and their old records and stuff like that. It was an amazing, uh, amazing experience. Um, to know that's where I come from. So as far as I know. 
in terms of my love and, you know, my attraction to music has been from my birth, you know. Uh, my grandfather was a world-class musician. Uh, my uncles, they wow. played with Quincy Jones and with Ray Charles and Big Names wow. and Hendrix. And so I was always exposed to music on one level. And I don't know, I just naturally had a love for it. And when I was 13, I recorded my first professional record with a producer named Vitamin D. And from that led me into working with uh, Bean One, which was uh, another up-and-coming producer at the time, Booker Shemmings got you know, his name out a lot more now. And then another uh, producer named Jake One, who went on to become a national, you know, Grammy nominee. And uh, now he's got you know, several platinum records underneath his belt. So I was, I was, and I, the, the thing wasn't just that I was exposed to it, but this stuff was going on in my house. I had a studio, right in the beat, later on moved the studio into my house for five years and taught me, you know, virtually everything he could, everything that he knew. I was there to soak up everything. So uh, cool. I sat around great music people and really learned it, you know, all the way from recording to engineering to producing to, you know, to marketing. Um, and then we ran an independent record label, rap record label. Um, from the time I was 18 years old, I had a partner. He was in his thirties already. And we, we like, you know, sing, went through the whole entire city and increased everything to the region and then nationally. Um, and so constantly it was always, I was always, you know, progressing musically I think because, you know, by the time, you know, I don't know for every other artist, you know, I never got stuck into, I don't like being in boxes. That's one of my things, you know, whenever I'm claustrophobic, I need to, I need to, I need to break out. And and I say that, you know, musically, because by the time an album comes out, the artist himself, usually in most cases, is sick of it, at least for me, because (laughs) we were always, you know, we were always financially strained, you know what I'm saying? We had to do a lot of hustling, uh, you know, and, and, and back then in the before I came into the Jewish world, you know, sometimes it was not it was not easy, you know what I'm saying, going back and forth when we were independent. Right. And so by the time you're actually able to get the album out, you've already progressed so much musically that you're already you're in a different headspace. So by the time I go in to start working on the next record, which was never usually, you know, the day after the release, I was always working on things, you know, maybe up to we worked an album for about a year to two years. And then after that, I'll start recording again. So by then, I'm already in such another zone that the music is almost all the time different. You know what I mean? Right. Very, very hard to recreate this same thing. So I'm, I'm sort of like the progression of going and being in a different headspace. By the time you go back into record, which gives you the ability to make something new, you know what I mean? As opposed to we're just continuing the same flow. And then, you know, every album ends up sounding the same. I think it's unfair to the audience also. No, for sure, man. That's really unique. Um, that, I guess that answered my question of how, how your sound constantly changes. Because you're one out, one, once you're done with one album, you're, you're moving on, you're already in a totally different world, thinking about totally different things. Totally yeah. different sounds totally different. That's amazing. It's really cool. Now, you said that your grandfather, your, your, you played with some famous musicians, like played with Ray Charles and, and Hendrix and all those. Wow. Yeah. And Quincy Jones, these are my uncles that did that. My grandfather, he played like almost every single instrument. (laughs) His brothers, yeah, and his brothers uh, were also musicians. And then on my and then on my father's side, he also had uh, my grandfather's uncle, my other grandfather, my paternal grandfather. His 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 brothers also uh, played the Quincy and everything. So it was a very and then after my my parents split, um, they actually split when I was two. 
So even my my stepfather, I just called dad. I don't look at him as a stepfather, but his his <laughs> same thing by him. His uncles and grandmas also were playing with Quincy and with world class music. Like I couldn't escape it. It was never like anywhere I it, could go to get rid of. You know, musical was always around. Man, that is so cool. That that is like so cool. Yeah, I never I, in all the times I've 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 listened to interviews with you and people talk about your story. Never met, heard this side of it, but I think that's really cool that that had the hashba on you to continue that music in, in yeah. music in the music world. It's like in your bones. It's like embedded in you. Yeah, you know I mean? that's that's right. really cool. Um, so you mentioned that you do you pretty much do everything you from from writing, producing, engineering, mixing everything. So how does that work for you? Right. It must be keeping you pretty busy. Like, do you do that with your own albums or you're still working with, with Little Box Records? Today, thank God, I moved on and, and, and them, it's like a person, if, he, if he's oh sick and everything like that, it'd be so hard for him to have a vote to Shem. It'd be so hard for him. Thank God that, you know, I was I was Miss Powell and, and over, over you know, of course, the time, Broken Shem, I've been able to find other people. Thank God, my brother-in-law, Yosef Brown, uh, we've been producing stuff since, you know, be, even before our Garris and, and when we were in a different world. So Ishim just worked it out that, you know, I had him there. So he's been taking over a lot of the production um, and hooked me up with, and then Shim allowed for me to meet Mr. Lab. And then from Mr. Lab, I've also now met uh, Jonathan Freelander, who I've been working with very heavily here in Yerushalayim, who was an amazing engineer who was at Treetop. And he, and even as a frumier, he was working inside the studios with, very familiar with the, the rap genre. I mean, it's plaques on the wall now. You know, Rick Ross and T.I. and all these oh, other yeah? people, people that don't have a to be mentioned on your podcast. But <laughs> he just, he's just a, a world, you know, that, that, that he, he understands that, that flavor. So now that he moved to the Yushalayim and, and it's my type of sound, Hashem just sort of like, it's, these are all gifts. You know? Everything, everything's kind of coming together. Hashem just kind of put it all together for you in your Shalim or Kodesh. That's pretty cool, man. That, right. that's, that's pretty cool. Right. So, so do you play any instruments yourself? I mean, I'm a, I would assume you probably play the piano or, or keyboard or something. The truth is, the emphasis is I really am not that great at piano at all. And some people say that, and then they like get in and they blow you away. Like, no, I really am not. The the, the thing is, is that I have a, um, the, the thing about it is, is I have an ear, so mm -hmm. I know how to create. I'm I'm at, at heart I'm a producer, right? right? So I know how to take textures, and in a short amount of time I can play something that I that I need to. But generally I'm gonna go get the guy that can play it better than me and tell him what what notes and what progression I want, and then I'll and then and then I'll blend in. Like you know, for instance, million years when I got it, uh, Yosef, it didn't sound the track didn't sound exactly like that. And so what I needed to do is I changed the check textures of the drums. I relayed the drums. Then I had Yisrael Al come in and replay the play the play keys over it. And I told him what progression I wanted. And you know what I'm saying? From then on, I start to put together everything. And then after that, I'm like, okay, now I can write to it. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, that's sort of where my, my greatest strength is, is being able to take something and then really get it to a very polished state to where it sounds very, very, um, uh, polished and, and big, you know. Nice, no, for sure. So, so what's it like being a rapper in the from in the from world, especially in Yerushalayim and I suppose around the world? What's it like being a rapper? I mean, there are other people who have come and come and tried to do like rap and do things, but like, what's it like being a proper rapper, writing your own music, being in that world, producing it? What's it like? 
You know, it's very interesting because I'm, I feel so much like I'm, to some degree, I'm in my own world. I'm in the world, but I'm not in my own world. Like, because, you know, I, I was never, I never had the kavana to, to like, that I'm going to go and, and go into the film world. And, like, you know, it, it just wasn't even a thought for me. My thing was I felt like Hashem was calling me back to music and pushing me there very much so. And, and I just felt like I was just trying to answer that call what I was feeling, what was coming from other people and my own experiences and, and talking to Rebeim, uh, I spoke with um, even Rebeim that I thought would tell me no, I didn't go the easy route. I tried to find people that would give me an honest opinion about, you know, certain things that, that were coming my way. And, and, and now that I've done it, like it's sort of for me. And even when I came back, I, I didn't, I didn't even go towards the Jew. I didn't know there was such a thing as music in the Jewish world. You understand what I mean? <laughs> I knew there were Jewish singers. Right. I had no idea of a junior Jewish music industry, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I had no idea. Not until really after Hashem Elek came out and things spread and then more things became more apparent to me. But before that, I had no idea. So the first thing I did was I hooked back up with all the Goetia people that, that in that world, in the Goetia world that I knew. And and that's just the way that I, I... And what happened was as we were getting this push, we were getting a lot of pushback because the music was too positive. That was one of the things we kept getting. And simultaneously, <laughs> things kept on... Now, the amateurs is what my, my publicist was telling me. These are the same people that before I was on MTV with and I was, you know, whatever, also with positive music. I don't think it was positivity. I think it was sonically that the music had changed, you know, like you had mentioned before. Because right. even before I was sonically, uh, it, it sounded, I was making positive music. I was on MTV, a very positive song, the record that, that my, one of my biggest records that was on MTV when I was, the whole video, everything. And and even on radio, we were we were leading in college radio. You know what I mean? Beating right. big names, Jay Z, Steph, other you know. So, what was the difference? I think the change in the music was so silent. And while we're trying to make that push, what happened naturally was that it just started started taking off more and more in the Jewish world. And then all right. the way until they called me to do Hashem. So I didn't have no idea. So now that I'm that we're here, now you have to deal with all of the you know. It's crazy the, the 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 contrast, you know. Some of the issues with with with, uh, with some people that you know it's 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 not kosher. It's uh it's bottom feeding music and all this other stuff. And my other people, what? it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh my goodness, where you been my life? You know. So right. it's very it's very tough to navigate these things. So I can't. My head isn't in it on where I stand and what I am inside the Jewish world. My my focus has to be only about the Hashem that this is I'm taking what Hashem gave me and I'm using it to bring people closer to Hashem. Some will bite, some won't, and I don't care. I'm like I really don't care. <laughs> I was I just did the circus. If you I just did the circus. I was by Hafnech to say a friend of mine is told us on. The whole chaver there told us on your shalmi chasidim or whatever, <laughs> and 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 now them they didn't know how to dance to my music. You understand what I'm saying? So there's <laughs> like four or five guys jumping up and down, and the rest of the audience. But after I got off, they swore me and there was different vows they can these guys every day. I'm seeing these guys and they're coming up to me. I live in Meishayim, you know whatever. Right. I didn't know, and people coming up to my wife, and, and they enjoyed it. So 
you know, these guys also probably didn't even understand what I was saying. So you go from that to, you know, people coming up to you say, my grandmother loves your song or how much physic you gave me. I didn't start wanting to fill it again until I started hearing you. So I have that. I hold on to the good and I get rid of the raw. Other people, some people, they just don't understand. And For sure. So they're just sort of, you know, it is what it is. If you ask me what it's like, that's what it's like. For sure. I mean, listen, what's wrong with being positive? What's wrong with positive music? What's wrong with lifting people up and giving people chizik? That, you know what I'm saying? Like your music, I find that sometimes I'll sit down and listen to some of your tracks and it gives me tremendous amounts of chizik. Like I told you with Fly Away, sometimes I used to put that on before I sat down and work because it's a good song. It pumps you up. It gives you the chizik you need to get through the day. It gives you the, it gives you the energy and it, it gives you what you need. And so that's how I understand. Like, what you're doing, you're you you pretty you came in and disrupted the 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 Jewish music scene, and see people are starting to copy. Like everyone else is trying to get into pop, like happening music, bumping music, and things like that. And it's great, you know. Like you, it it seriously, it's it's great. But you're, what you're saying is true, you know. Like if some if you don't like it, great, isn't it? Shalom Yisrael. Um. So here's, here's the yeah. thing, the scope of it is, I think, like this. I think, you know, and I just explained in the show I gave of a late CM about this issue because it's coming up. Bakum asked me, should I be listening to it? Should I not be listening to it? And the whole whole thing is that, you know, I, I, I think it I think it works like this. Like, we have to look at rap from, for what it is. There was two things I said in the show. One thing is that a friend of mine, he stood up on Shabbos at a beautiful Shabbos, with with some of the other entertainers in the Jewish music industry, and and so a lot of boys were coming. One one guy particularly said, "I was an African American guy named uh, Mordechai Benava, very sweet youth." Mm-hmm. Now he stood up and he said that Rashim Isbach he created rap only for Nisim to be able to do what he's doing right now, right? And it made me think of a Torah from Chok Ve'or, which is one of the hidden breast lovers, safers, and not out there in the public. But he said in there that, you know, when he was speaking about the air balloon, he said that soon you will see that in the future, everyone will be able to get to wherever they want by the air, right? This is before the airplane. And he said, and just like this, Hashem allows for every new invention to come into the world only for the sake of Kedusha. Right, mm-hmm. he said. But the cloud is is that the cleaver gets it first. That everything goes to the side of raw first. Right. right. So now I, I looked at after he said that that I was able to take such a thing, and I'm not saying every person is evil or whatever, but I'm saying that generally, yeah, the music has been taken into that place. It wasn't birthed that way, and the reason why it's so hard for people to accept it because it's so far away from Yiddishkeit because. It was birthed in black ghettos where people didn't have money. They bought, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And were looking for a way to express themselves. So that's where the music initially comes from. Now, if we were to listen today to a lot of the records, and sometimes I'm, I'm going to do this, but I've done this before <laughs> with other people inside the studio. We listen to a lot of the Jewish music out, and they're copying stuff all the time. It's yep. just coming from more contemporary pop. Are, are like to say I'm not to say I'm not to make it a race thing. It's not a race thing, but things that are more closer to white and you know culture, European culture, and, and these types of songs are out, and people strip from this all the time. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, and sure. it's, it's infiltrated the Jewish heavily. So it's it's just a matter of 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 people whether or not they feel they have a shaykes to it or they don't have a shaykes to it. But I can't say for whoever is receiving chizik and is bringing them closer to Shem, helping them elevate, then 
that's what it's for. And if it's not for the person, then it's not for. I'm not. I'm not. I don't question. I don't have to prove anything to anybody that knows me. That's working. They know I'm OSIC and he's voted this before. I'm writing music, and I want it to come from a machom. I want it to come from a place. Whether it's a soft song, whether it's an up tempo song, um, I'm 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 looking to to bring forth something that's going to to you know in the end elevate a person. But if a person feels like because whatever reason sonically is bringing them in, they shouldn't listen to it. That's just the way I feel. No, I, man, I totally agree with you on that one. I totally, totally agree with you 100% on that point. And it's true. Um, it's just so interesting how you mentioned how like you, you sit down in the studio with the Stroll and you listen to some of these other, other singers. And, I, and I've asked this question to everybody who comes on our show. I said, what do you think of, of the music nowadays? What do you think of the Jewish music nowadays and how it's pretty much turned into like EDM and all sorts of other types of music and it's mimicking. And if not parrot, like you can hear the apparent songs from the secular, like the secular, the secular songs that they're copying. Like, and and then people go out and say like certain music isn't kosher. This isn't good. You know what I'm saying? So how do you, what is that to you? What is that? What is that? How does that make you feel? Like what do, what do you think of that? So it's a very interesting thing because you know I, I'm not and I'm speaking for everybody because you know I know but I guarantee I, I could pretty much bet you know from the guys I haven't spoken to I'm one of the only one of the only people, I'm not saying the only person, but one of the only people in a very short amount of people from these covers that are making the music and everything that are not listening, I'm not listening to Goetian music. I don't listen to it. You understand nice. what I'm saying? It happened for years. You understand what I'm saying? So for the Emma's, the McCorm, what's, what's coming from, you know, where, where this place is coming from, that's for sure not that, you know, for sure, at least not directly. Well, the, the Emmys, I come from their world, so I understand their cause, but I'm just using, you know, the spoils of Mitzvahim that I got from the time I came to Mitzvahim to, you know, to, to build the base of Mitzvah. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, to build the Mishkan. So this is, this is, in essence, what I'm doing. So I think that the, the difference generally is, is that ultimately because of where I came from and because this is very near to me, I can take this sound and this sound is still from a sincere place. You understand right. what I'm saying? It's not coming from because I heard it on the radio or uh, I've listened to so much of this type of music and, and this is like what's influencing me now. So now this is the type of music I want to make because I want to get a big hit for YouTube. You understand right. what I'm saying? So these, uh, this is not my, this is not my Kavana. And I'm also not looking to, you know what I'm saying? To, to make myself, uh, you know, the, 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 the number one Jewish artist and, the, you know, these, these types of skills that, that people are, are, are chasing after, at the end of the day, the music's going out and it's going to the shamans. And I, and I hope very much so, but I'm not saying that, you know, and talk again with it, 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 it depends on the person, the musician, what's his kavana, is he right. a kosher person? Is it, like, these things are very, very important. And part of the reason why a lot of these stuff is making the music that they're making is because, listen, let's just be honest. Jewish music is just not as, and I listen to it. That's all I listen to. But it's just not as good as not Jewish music. Not sonically, it doesn't keep up. You know what I'm saying? It's like everything else. You know, now, just now, we're just talking about, and they're coming out with new Game Boys for the Haredi world. You know what I'm saying? Game Boys is old. You know, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So now you copy all the sounds. You're copying the sounds from disco, 70s, 80s music. And then it's not, it's what it is. It's not pure. You understand what I'm saying? Some of these things. Yeah. I'm not talking about everybody. 
that's what I got you. But I'm saying that things, it's hard for a person generally to be sincere for that, you know? Like, for instance, I love listening to Shlomo Cats. There's just the Tahara and listen to his music. Right. That I listen to, I love. There's another guy in Road named Raz Hartman. Raz Hartman is not so well known or whatever. I don't know what a, but I love this. I listen to Shama Felt music. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, sure. it's probably not what you're going to listen to. You want to work out at the gym. But you understand right. what I'm saying? I think the issue is, is that everybody has to ask themselves, each individual, is that is it coming from a sincere place for me? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And I think that that's what's going to bring music up. Not to just sonically. I'm saying but just that's what's going to bring it up. Is, is it sincere? You know what I mean? No, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, it's it's just such an, the music world is just such an interesting place, you know, and it's it's true again. What mm-hmm. you're saying, like it dep- it's all it's all about what your sound, what your sincerity. I happen to find personally that I, I find I like your music a lot. I find it's like very real, very like very straightforward, you know, and and I say yeah. that, and I found that with some of the other guys who I've talked to on the had on the show, and I and in general some of the other like they find it very real. And that's what it's all about. If you're real yeah. with yourself, if you're like real and like 100% with yourself, then then everything just flows. Um, now, right. I want to talk to you about, I noticed that you came out with a single. It's not a video. It's, not, it's just an audio, but the King of the World song. What's up with that? Well, for sure. It was a song I was spending a lot of time. Uh, one of the things I said I wanted to do before I started making the records is that I wanted to spend a lot of time by David and Melech and, and, to, and to try to be mamshik some of the some of the Kaddish, some of the awe of David and Melech and, and to be able to make an and, and King of the World was one of those songs that uh, that came out uh, from from my from my frequent visits to, to David and Melech and um, and Luka Shem, I was working I had the track for a long time for a very long time for like now even during the time I was working on the Lamala album I still had the track and uh, the, 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 the it was just a little bit faster, but I loved the way it made me feel. You understand what I'm saying? So me and Yosef went back into the studio. We started working on the track. I said, slow it down, and we slowed it down, and then we redid some of the, the, the drums and whatever. And then so I just started humming in the studio, and it just sort of what sort of came out. And I wanted to be very, wanted to be very heartfelt, you know. And I felt like the space that we're in because of, you know, I'm already done with the Lamala record, you know what I'm saying? I'm beyond, I go tell you before, because I'm constantly in that place of checking my sincerity, you know what I'm saying? The music came out sounding sonically different than the last record. Nice. Yeah, I really liked it. It, it kind of sounded like some of your older stuff, like the way the tempo was yeah. and, and, and the way the, the, the rhythm and the, and, the, and the melody was, it kind of sounded like some of your older stuff, which I really liked. But the yeah. words, it was, it was cool. It was, it was nice. It was nice and chill, you know. Um, so, right. so you know, I was gonna, my other question is, is that I noticed a lot of your contemporaries are wedding singers and things like that. Um, and we all know that you can sing. I've heard you sing. I've seen some of your videos where you are singing. <laughs> and you, you're quite the singer. You're, 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 quite, you're yeah. quite the singer, I have to say. Um, do you ever Thank do weddings? Does anybody ever hire a rapper for a wedding? <laughs> they they hired me, but usually for second dance, and they're they're not interested in me uh, singing any ballads or anything like that. They want me to get the place, uh, get a label dick, you know. So it's not really, uh, <laughs> you know. The truth is, I, I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like it's it's me, you know. That's right. back to the sincerity place. Like I don't know if that's 
sincerely who I am, you know, once I decided before, I was, when I was coming back to music, I, I was very scared to do the rapping just because it was, you know, I felt like it was such a steer to right. me. And I talked to my Rebbe about, you know, like maybe doing more like Nagunim and singing and music. He's like, you know, you know, you, you know, he, he just doesn't know if it's honest to me. You know what I'm saying? If I did it, you know what I'm saying? Is it honest to me? You know what I'm saying? People would like it. You know what I'm saying? But do we need a black Karl Bach? I don't think it's like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't think that's it. I don't need, I don't know if that's what the Jewish industry needs. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think, you know, for me, um, it, I, I just sort of let it, let it take me to where I want to. Like I said, I'm always checking in to see, I mean, the last few records, I have about 16, 17 records or whatever. Um, they, they have been recorded and already. This is underneath him. It is a stuff came out. It's so, it's so black. You understand what I'm saying? Gotcha. Like you said, with the King of the World sounds like the older, older records, but it's like yeah, because it's a, it's a feel, it has a feel of of being a little bit more, um, a little bit more urban, I guess I could say, the more the the more up tempo poppy EDM stuff. So it's much more. You know what I'm saying? And so that's just sort of the way I'm feeling records right now, you know? So I'm just sort of kind of making what, what what I feel led to make. And then from that, as long as it's expressing, like, you know, one of the things on Lamala, one of the things that I changed, I noticed about myself was somewhat of this, this it was this very uplifting message of, you know, sort of like, yes, you can on Lamala. And it was a lot of chizik. But I think the newer records that I'm making is a lot more personal, personal in terms of, my own wanting to grow closer to Hashem and really being able to squeeze out and capture these feelings when I'm crying in, 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 in my own tshuva and being able to make songs and, and begging Hashem not to, not to leave me and not to let me go. So I sort of like, I think that because of that, it sort of is called for a different sound to be able to, 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 be able to support the message. That's real deep. Now, I know, I'm sorry I interrupted you before, but you said 16 records. That's under, that's as Nisim or that's from before and now in total? No, no that's, that's, that's just from over the last couple of months, few months I've been working on new stuff. So, um, wow. yeah. This is up. So they're just sitting kind of in the tank. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of talk. And, and, and one thing I always have to worry about and I'm, and I'm gauging, not have to worry about, but I have to gauge is that you know, there's a, there's been a lot of recent since since I've gone back even to my family and other people that know him from the non-Jewish music industry. It's been a lot of interest lately, and really? just sort of how to navigate and what not to navigate. And you know, and, and for me personally, I see now the hashpah that I'm starting to have even in the African American community. There's already been two schools or, uh, that have contacted us. Uh, there's another school district that's going to be honoring me soon. I can't say anything about it, but uh, that have hung me on the walls now in, in, in elementary schools for African-American history month, you know what I mean? So starting to have some wow. of the hashpa, I think also in the African-American community, and it's sort of like, you know what I mean? If I have an opportunity to teach people about Hashem, you know what I'm saying? And uh, not proselytize, but to be able to right. be Ms. Gali Hashem's you know, honor in the world, and it's also something to, to consider. That's really cool. So, so what's in the works for Nisim? And what's in the works for Nisim other than um, the what you just mentioned before? Any new albums? Any new tracks? Any new any new things coming out? Any concerts? Right. So, so we're looking at now releasing the new song. I have a new song called Mercy, um, where we shot the video um, a few months back, and. Um, 
probably going to be out at the end of October, I believe, is when we'll be releasing it. Um, and so, as of now, we're just, you know, single to single and just sort of trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be the best. I don't try not to think too much about it, but the thing is, I know people have been eager and been waiting for music. I mean, a lot of messages, messages from people and people are wanting the music. So, um, slowly but surely, it's all coming. But no thoughts about, like, you know, is there an album or is there not going to be an album? We're not, not so clear on that yet. Okay. That's really cool. So you're just taking it, you're taking it one song at a time kind of thing. Just like seeing how it plays out. And if, and if you end up mixing an album, then you mix an album, but you know, one song at a time. I'm looking forward to this. Mercy. Can you give us a little background, a little bit of a, a little bit of a taste? Like what, what, what are we expecting? So so the song Mercy is, um, is very much so one of those those songs that um, I was really meditating on uh, the, a certain piece in in Lakotem around Cafe, twenty fifth tower running off, and they talked to, that he he was saying that when a person wants to sin and he wants to enter into the gates of Kedusha, the forces of the clique will come to push the person out, and he suffers from the bullying, tigers, and 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 you know complete nonsense. He stormed on also in Yonis, and a mamish was when I was when I was reading this at the time, my mom was just feeling like I was such in a I was so constricted in my abilities to Shem and I felt that Shem was very far from me, you know? And um, and I had a discussion with someone and uh, the discussion that I had with them led me, you know, into into you know, a quiet place and my mom just started screaming out to Shem. And as I started screaming out to Shem, these words came out. And, and and from that, from from the words, then I, I went and made the music. I made everything my I went and made the music myself. I produced the whole track from start to finish, and I and I went to the studio and I and I finished the song. And and Rubbish is coming from a very very deep place. So, um, that's mercy. Cool. Um, I wanted to ask you another question. I know I saw this a couple weeks back in some of the on some of the news sites and some of the papers that you had sat down with Chaim Kanievsky and Vinay Brock, and I want to know how that went. Yeah. That looked really cool. It was amazing. That Chaim is amazing. He's got uh, fire in his eyes, you know. Yeah. You, you can see that those eyes have seen, uh, seen a lot of tapping. and like <laughs> the wow. going. Yeah. Uh, with was a very, very intense meeting. The emphasis, I'm actually glad to be able to, to say this because now that everything has died down a little bit, I did talk to him about something. It was a very interesting thing because, like I say, you never know who's what. When I went there, there were Rosh Yeshiva's there, the people there lining up, meeting me, and I'm talking about very, very stark of Hebra, you know what I'm saying? All the people, right. even the grandsons of Rabbi Chaim Kenievsky were saying, are you the rapper? And blah, blah, blah. And they were telling me, you're doing a big this is Rob Hines family. They right. knew who I was. So very <laughs> interesting. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Rob Hines, I doubt it, okay, highly. But right. for sure, his grandsons, people that were Mishamashim, they knew who I was and everything. And when I, and and so the whole situation came up about the schools and, and some of the things we were dealing with, which by the way, my, yeah, for sure, publishing my, my daughter, she's still not in school yet. Right. But, I, I wouldn't talk to Rob Heim about it to get a broth and ask him for aces and, 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 and maybe what he could what I could do suggest is that he's he's a he's a door. Right. And um from after that the you know, the PR people, the people that run my social media, I don't you know, uh, put out just the, the beautiful quote of Rob Heim what he said to me. 
Now the rest later on the radio called me um, unannounced. I knew they were going to call, I, but people call all the time for interviews about the shim. So I didn't think they were going. I, I I didn't know how much the picture it even spread or anything. You know what I mean? I had no right. idea of anything. So he called me, and I was kind of kind of off guard. And so I told him what the situation was with the schools and and the color. And I didn't realize that from that it was going to get out. And and so then the media picked it up, and they were calling me. And my mom is turning them away, turning them away, turning them away. Like I'm, I don't want the story out there. You know, I only wanted the right. beautiful words of a kind. I didn't that it was going to turn into what it turns into. So. The, the meeting itself was beautiful. What came out of it, the the rest of the media stuff, Shim wanted what he wanted, so it came out. But there wasn't my intention to to smash anything on the school system here or to talk about. Sure. Like it wasn't what I wanted. So for sure, but that goes back to you. That all goes back to your personality of being just like real and sincere about everything. You know, you want right. you want to right. keep it as real as possible. Right, and this is and, and these type of things, you know, these are my struggles, and I and you don't realize how much people care or don't care, or whatever their agendas are that they have to have you in the media every time something happens. But you know what I'm saying? But that's a shame. Everybody should be able to find good schools and and not have to deal with you know any pushback from any of these systems. But I'm not trying to be uh, the the poster child for this for this. I just I just at the end of the day, I just want my kids in school. I don't care about go. the rest of all the. And I care for other people, so I, I would dive in for them, but uh, I'm not trying to be on the news and making big noise about the situation. Everybody goes through it with their kids. Uh, you know, I talked to Rob Kine's uh, son, and, and we're having a conversation, I, and, and he said, you know, all right, so your problem is you're black, and this person's problem is this, and this person, so whatever, what do you care? You know, like, we had a conversation. Each person's got their own reason for for why not, you know? And I heard one time in the ship from my blind brother, you know, but embassy it is what it is. Listen, I brought my Venus kids with me into the school. Look at I'm, I'm, I'm in good company. You know what I'm saying? I'm in good company. Yeah, yeah, that's the old that's the old muscle. Say so our Venus kids it wouldn't wouldn't even be from you'd be able to get into the schools. It's a, it's a chaval, you know. It's, it's such a crazy world, you know. It's a crazy world, but guess what? Guess what? The the MSs, these people, they're doing the best that they can to, to be Shomer Yisrael, to be guardians of them and so for that is what is the will we fault them for that? Do I know that I want to serve Hashem, that I have a Ratzon to, to raise Sadiqim and that my kids are pure? They, 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 know less about, they know less about me than what everybody else knows about me in terms of, of, of everything else that's out there. And so, Brook Hashem, I raise my kids in the way to are, not because I, uh, I want to fit in with my neighbors and their shine, because by endless, I want to raise Sadiqim. I want my children to be close to Hashem. What that? They don't know that because they, they, they see me and they see from the outside. So whatever, they're doing the best they can to, to have Shmir on client as well. That's and Hashem should only bench them and, and give them a bracha for it. I'm not, uh, not upset with anybody. That's what's up. This is what Hashem wants. Are you going to teach your kids in, in, in music? Are you going to show them into the wonderful world of music when they're older? Or are you going gonna, gonna to shy away from that? I mean, you know, I don't know. As, as things go, you know, I, I like so. I don't have so much a shy because the music itself these days. You know, now it is just it's what I do, and I use it as a plea. So right. to say, like I'm bound up with the Bahamas, I barely listen to music at all. I don't really have time. I don't really have time to listen to music. That's if so I'm funny. not making it, 
and I'm working on some. I almost don't listen. I have no idea what's out in the non-Jewish world, Jewish world. I don't know who's making new songs or not. I mean, once in a while, I hear something that's gishmach, you know, and I'll like, you know, in the taxi, I just found out about Yishai Rebo. And I'm oh, like, yeah. wow, this guy's amazing. I mean, stuff, you know what I mean? But that doesn't make me now, all of a sudden, I need to, like, be listening. I have no time almost to, to listen to it. No, for sure. Hey, listen, as long as you're busy, as long as you're busy doing doing, doing what you need to do and doing your thing, right. that, that's what's up. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, really cool. yeah. listen, Emma's, Emma's, we had, we had, <laughs> we had Shmuel Younger on the show, you know, we were talking about his song, Emma's, Emma's, and you know, Emma's, Emma's, Shmuel is a character, but, but you know, it's all, about, <laughs> it's all about being real with yourself. Yeah. So cool. Wow, Nisa, Nisa, seriously, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I learned a lot more new things about you this time around, and I got more chizik than, than from last time. <laughs> it's all about learning stuff. Thank you, know? you so much. For sure, I and mean, that's what we do on the show. Right. We, whenever, I, whenever I get somebody on the right. show, I always learn something new from them, and I always get chizik from them. There's some, they always leave feeling like, like they're must be on me, and it makes me feel good. It makes me really happy doing what Thank I do. You. <laughs> You're doing amazing things. We should bench you to continue. You oh, should, should continue. Oh, man. Well, Nisa, again, it was, a, it was an honor and pleasure to have you on the show. It, with the success of, of, of us meeting the first time, this whole thing started. Now we're up to 13 episodes, and we continue to go every single week, strength to strength, to new episodes, new heights. And I really, again, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Sure. All the best, my friend. Okay, all the best. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simple the Podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Go Simple Live, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!